Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Life Church. We are so glad that you're here with us this morning. I'm Nichelle Harrison, the Redemptive Arts Worship Pastor here at Life Church. And we are so glad that you're here with us, whether that's online or you're here with us in person. Um, also, quick note for those of you who are here, um, we have a couple of leaking spots um, in the church here. So just a great reminder that we have a building fund to be able to replace our roof soon. So if you would like to contribute to that, um, so if you see you know, drips of water, um, that's what that is. So um, we believe you are here for a specific purpose, um, that it's not an accident that you're here, and our prayer is that you would have a divine interaction with the Lord this morning. And so thanks for being here. Um, also, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Um, it is a great honor and privilege that I get to celebrate my very first official Mother's Day with you all. Um, for those of you who have been coming to life for quite some time, know that um, my husband Josh and I's journey to parenthood was anything but easy, uh, and in many moments it felt like it was impossible. But God has been faithful through it all, and today I get to stand in front of you after four years of waiting as a mama. Yeah! <laughs> and so... This here on my shirt, I just realized on my way up, I think that's makeup from crying from first service. So there's a good chance I'm going to cry today, and that's okay. <laughs> you can cry too. Uh, solidarity. Um, but like I said, my journey um, to motherhood was long, and many of you journeyed um, that with us. I've stood in front of several of you many times sharing our story and how God has met us in our waiting, but a lot of you haven't actually heard the final chapter. And so a couple of weeks ago, as Mother's Day was approaching, I really felt like the Lord was pressing upon me to share our entire story um, so far with you all. And so I asked Mike if it would be okay if I um, shared our story of um, infertility, of adoption, the waiting, being chosen, and now motherhood. And he agreed that it would be a great time to be able to share that with you all. And so today, um, I'm not really giving a message, I'm just sharing our testimony, um, my testimony to motherhood. And my hope is that throughout me sharing, um, that you would be able to see God's faithfulness, um, his goodness, and how he is a redemptive God, um, because he is just that. And so a couple of notes I'd like to mention before I actually share my journey to motherhood. Um, first and foremost, as someone who has been waiting for four years to be a mom, I also recognize that today can be a really hard day for a lot of people for many reasons. Um, and so I love this graphic, and I'm sure several of you have seen um, graphics similar to this going around this weekend. Um, this is from Mari Andrew, and I stumbled across this a couple of years ago. Uh, a couple of years ago, and it just really met me. I felt like I was seen and acknowledged. Um, Mother's Day for the last several years has been really challenging for me, and it's been this tension of I want to celebrate my own mother um, and the amazing mothers in my life, um, but also at the same time, it was a reminder to me of what I didn't have, but what I desperately wanted. Um, and so if you are someone this morning that has that same sort of tension um, of this just being a reminder of um, what you don't have or what you've lost, um, I just want to acknowledge that I see you and I've been praying with you. And it's okay to feel that tension of this is hard, while also I want to celebrate the mothers in my life because both can exist together. Um, the second thing I want to note is that this is my story 
Um, I think in along the journey, there were several people that I came across, and I'd hear their story, and I was in similar situations, and I wanted to like grab a hold of their story and make it my own. And then when that didn't happen, I'd get so disappointed. And so as I share that our story this morning, you might be in a similar situation, but I want to caution you to not attach your situation to our story because God's way too big to work in the exact same way for every single person. Um, and so this is my story. Um, with that too, um, within adoption, um, because adoption is a bit, very big part of our journey um, to motherhood, uh, there are three different perspectives. There's adoptive parents, there's the first families, and then there's the adoptees. And so um, this is just my perspective as an adoptive mom. Um, our son Judah, as he grows up, will have his own perspective of adoption and what it means for him. Um, his uh, first family absolutely has their own perspective. And so while I share our story and the amazing ways in which God worked um, through it this morning, there's also parts of it that I'm not going to share, that I'm going to hold back, um, even parts of it that um, our you know, parents, our families don't even know because they're their stories and not ours. And we love our um, uh, son and his first parents way too much to be able to share that, and it just would be inappropriate. So we're going to protect parts of their story. Um, so, yeah. So with all that to say, um, our story starts back in October of 2016. My husband Josh and I at the time had been married for about three years. Uh, we just moved into our first home uh, together that we, we purchased. We had rented before that. Um, we had a dog named Luke. Um, a good chunk of our student loans had been paid off. And so we just felt like we were in a really good place um, to expand our family. We had always talked about how we wanted to have, you know, a few children. And so it just felt like it was the right time. And I remember thinking at that time, before we even started trying uh, to get pregnant, I remember thinking... Um, it, I'm, I think that I might struggle to get pregnant. There was nothing medically, like I hadn't gone to a doctor that was like, hey, just a heads up, if you try to get pregnant, you might struggle because X, Y, Z. Like there was nothing that alluded to that we would have an issue. It was just something that I was just really anxious about going into it. Looking back, I really truly believe it was the Lord um, and all of his kindness preparing me for what was ahead. And so regardless of the reason, I was anxious and um, in this October of 2016, um, I went down to a church leadership conference down in Atlanta called Catalyst. Um, the conference uh, invites a lot of amazing pastors and speakers and leaders and worship um, teams to be able to just pour into ministry leaders. Um, this was probably, I think, my third year that I had gone um, also throughout this journey, you'll see all the different glasses and hairstyles of Nichelle. Um, <laughs> so that was when, you know, smaller glasses were cooler. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so, so I had gone down um, for, this was my third year going. I loved it because I could just, like, go and receive and not have to pour out. And so I was, especially with all my anxiousness of looking into, you know, what is our motherhood parent journey going to look like? Um, was really anxious. And so it was during one of the evening sessions that God first spoke the beginning part of our story to us uh, through the song Do It Again, which the worship team had just played. Um, this was the first time that I had heard um, this song before. Um, it was from Elevation was there and they were playing it. 
Um, and as they sang the bridge, I just remember hearing the words and being just so connected to them and feeling as though like God was meeting me exactly where I was in all of my fear. The lyrics, I, I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. And as we sang those lyrics over and over again, I just began to cry out to God and share all of my anxiety. And I felt like the Holy Spirit met me in that moment um, and just kind of said to me, Nichelle, I am the God who has moved mountains. I've done impossible things. And am I not a God that can remove any barriers from you or your situation? And I remember just immediately being at peace and relieved. I trusted in him. And as we kept singing the song, though, I felt like the Lord had more to say. Um, and he had, he had said to me, but even if you aren't able to get pregnant, I have something specific for you. I have a special journey ahead. And so it was with that confidence, that trust and reassurance from God that I went home and Josh and I began our journey to parenthood and unknowingly entered our season of infertility. For those of you who have not experienced infertility before, it's quite an emotional roller coaster ride. Each month begins with this extremely high hope of what could be, followed by the crushing blow of what's yet to be. Up to this point, all of my closest friends and family had like oopsie pregnancies, like they weren't even planning and they were able to get pregnant. And here I was, um, you know, taking my temperature, doing the ovulation test, doing all the, the right things, and I still wasn't able to get pregnant. And it was incredibly uh, defeating. I was so confused by God's promise of motherhood to me and the desire that he put on my heart all to not be able to have a child. Like it, was, it just didn't make sense to me. And it was the day after I found out once again that we weren't pregnant. This was the third month. Um, of us trying, I had a dream. And I'm not someone who has vivid dreams often or one who can remember my dreams, but this one just felt different. And I woke up thinking that this was from the Lord. In the dream, I was carrying a child in a park with my family. And the two big things that I remember about when I woke up was one, I don't think I carried this child. And two, it was a boy. Months continued to pass, and I was growing extremely weary of the roller coaster ride. Um, I knew I needed to reach out to several people who had similar experiences with infertility just to be seen and understood. And so I reached out to several women, and each woman had a different journey. Um, they chose different paths. Uh, but there were a couple of women that I met with who uh, adoption was a part of their journey. And as I spoke to them, there was just this this excitement and relief that I felt. And so after a year and a half, or a year plus of trying to conceive, Josh and I uh, started having really hard conversations, such as like, you know, how long are we gonna keep trying to do this? Um, at this point, we had had testing. Um, there was nothing that doctors could pinpoint and look at and say, this is why you aren't able to get pregnant. So we were diagnosed with un um, unknown infertility. And so the conversation of what's next started coming up. Um, we spent lots of hours going back and forth on what would be best for our family, what was best for my mental health, because I was not in a good place. And the idea of keep trying to do the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, which is the literal definition of insanity, like I was going insane. And so um, we had to have this conversation, and we finally landed that um, 
for the entire month of January 2018, we were going to pray that the Lord would make it abundantly clear to us as to what we were supposed to do. Either we get to the end of the month and I would be pregnant or something would just make us, you know, choose that path or we would stop trying to get pregnant and start pursuing adoption. And so this entire month of January, uh, we spend a lot of intentional time praying and seeking out the Lord. And in the meantime, we started learning more about adoption. Um, We started looking at different agencies, what it would mean, because we wanted to make sure that we were making an informed decision. Um, We found an agency that we really liked and even filled out their online application. And the more stuff that we did with adoption, the more excited I became And as cheesy as it sounds, um, a little child started to grow in my heart, so much so that actually January 10th, 2018, I started writing a journal and letters to our future adopted child. It was important to me um, to, to have all these special moments. And so long story short, we get to the end of January. I'm not pregnant. And I just get excited because I know that finally we have our answer we're going to stop trying to get pregnant and pursue adoption. And so I wanted to have like, you know, those cutesy moments that everyone else has. And so I made this onesie um, for Josh uh, because we both knew that we were going to find out what was, what was going to happen. And so I, you know, wrote him this really sweet card and um, wrapped up the gift and he opened it up and he soaked up the moment and processed the news. And then he stops what he's doing and he just quietly goes into the kitchen and he comes back and he said, and he hands me this envelope and he said, this came for you today. I was hiding it from you, but I think you need to open it now. And it was an acceptance letter from the agency that we applied to and it was the welcome binder um, to the agency. And so it was like confirmation from the Lord, what we had been praying for. So adoption was... Um, was our path that we were going to pursue. And so immediately, I felt this relief and excitement um, because it felt like finally our child was near. As we were pursuing parenthood um, via biological children, all the doors just kept closing, um, and it was so discouraging. But as soon as we started pursuing adoption, all these doors began to open, and it was just once again, thing after thing was just confirmation that this was the path for us. Um, At the very beginning of adoption, we did a private domestic adoption. Um, There's so many different things to be doing. Um, For four months, we put together our preferences. We worked through a home study, got professional photos taken. Uh, We put together our profiles, created a video, and there's just so much to do, so many busy things to do. And then finally, in May of 2018, we were made available for an expectant mom to choose us. And month after month, our profiles would be shown to several moms considering adoption. And month after month, there would be no new updates from our agency. And for our agency, the average wait time for families, um, for adoptive families that they give, is between 6 to 18 months. And I remember, so naively, thinking, um, well, let's see, we uh, don't have any other children. Like, so this would be our first child. We struggled with infertility. Um, We have so much to offer. Like, we're not going to wait 18 months. It's not going to be a year and a half. And for those of you who know our story, we didn't wait a a year and a half. It was much longer than that. And so the more that time passed, the more discouraged I became uh, once again. And it felt like motherhood once again was something that I would never be able um, to be able to experience. And it was January of 2020 that I began just to beg God 
for something. Um, this was, you know, past our, the average wait time. Um, and I just began pleading to God, like, God, you've been kind and have been giving me reminders along the way, but it had been a while since I, I had really gotten or received anything, at least that I was aware of, <laughs> from the Lord. And so I just began pleading to God, like, give me something, and the Lord delivered that. Um, in the middle of January of 2020, um, last January, uh, I had another dream. And within the dream, our adoption agency called us, and they gave us our date. Um, and at the time, I took that as, okay, this is like, this is when we're going to adopt. And it was March. And so I'm like, okay, January, February, March. Two more months. I can do this. We're holding on hope. And so um, month, or the months had passed. And I remember getting to March and once again, just like our infertility journey, being so excited that the month had come. And then I got to the end of the month. Nothing happened. And I was devastated. And months continued to pass, and the Lord revealed a lot about myself to me. I spent a lot of time reflecting on ways in which I need to let go of control. I had hard conversations with family and friends. I started seeing a therapist to process through the grief of it all. I leaned into God, and I dug into his word. And I just felt like if I could do X, Y, Z, then finally God would allow me to be a mom. Like, we'd finally get matched with a mom if I just would do this, this, or this. And that's just not how it works at all. And so we kept moving along, nothing new, no updates. And I remember going um, last fall um, in August of 2020, uh, we were visiting Josh's parents uh, in Ohio to celebrate his dad's birthday. And his mom pulls me aside and she said, Nichelle, um, I had another dream. She had several dreams as well, but this one specifically was important for obvious reasons here um, in a second. She shared that she had a dream that I was sitting in her um, living room at the time in their rocking chair, and I was rocking a little black boy. And I remember thinking in that moment of like, okay, that's cool. I hope that this is from you, Lord, and not just like a, we're all getting anxious and so we're filling in the blank sort of thing. Um, but it was encouragement to keep me going just a little bit more. But it was the fall, last fall of 2020, that I began to grow really very, very weary that we'd ever be matched, that I'd ever become a mom. We had long surpassed the average wait time of our agency, um, and we were actually coming up on, on doubling <laughs> the average wait time. Several people I knew who had start, started the adoption process, either a little bit before us or around the same time, were celebrating their, child, their adopted child's you know, first birthday or um, you know, six months. They had well adopted before us. And it was so hard not to compare our story with other people's story. It just felt so unfair. I became so frustrated and angry with the Lord that he would give me this passion for motherhood only to dangle it in front of my face but never let me experience it. And it was during these fall months that I was going through the book of Genesis with my Monday night small group. Um, and the Lord challenged me once again with the story of Sarah and Abraham. Um, I've talked about them several times within our journey and even just my journey here in Huntington. It's been an important um, Bible story for me. But specifically in Genesis 18, um, Sarah has a conversation with God about her abilities to have a child. Um, see, up to this point, it had been 24 years 
um, prior to this that God spoke to Abraham and said that he would have a child. And so 24 years have passed. Sarah still isn't pregnant. And so understandably, her heart is hardened. And it's during this time that she finds out within this chapter that she finds out that a year from now is when she's, she's actually going to give birth. And she laughs. She laughs at that idea. And the Lord confronts her on this. In Genesis 18, 14, God says to Sarah, is anything too hard for the Lord? And the very same thing that he spoke to Sarah in her discouraged heart, God was speaking to me. And it wasn't actually until I was preparing this message today that God revealed to me that this verse, is anything too hard for the Lord, is the exact same thing he said to me at the very beginning of our journey back in October of 2016 when I was at the Catalyst Conference listening to the song, Do It Again. And all of my fears and doubt from the very beginning through the end of our waiting, God had to graciously remind me that nothing was too hard for him. He is the God of impossibles, and I needed the God of impossibles to move some mountains for me, and he did. Because November 23rd, 2020, the Monday before Thanksgiving, we got our call. a call from Lifetime and there is a birth mom and birth father who are interested in us and I'm about to go home to tell Josh the great news.
(laughs) Throughout the four plus years of waiting for motherhood, I wasn't always faithful, but the Lord was. Within the wait, God revealed Judah to me over and over. I just didn't realize it at the time. My very first dream that I had, God revealed to me that I would have a son, that I wouldn't necessarily give birth to him. And then if you remember back in January 2020 when I had um, the dream about our date being March, Judah was conceived in March of 2020. And then obviously my mother-in-law's dream was significant because we did in fact adopt a little black boy. And it was around this time that she had her dream that his first parents were considering adoption for him. God worked on his time and in his way. He brought redemption to our story and was faithful to us. And I'm so glad that I didn't give up because I would have missed out on the miracle that is our son Judah. Along my journey to motherhood, God has taught me a lot, several lessons, and I've had to spend a lot of time processing heavy things. But our story doesn't end there. This is just the beginning. And as I stand before you this morning, God is teaching me even more within my motherhood journey. For my very first Mother's Day, I'm feeling a little bit of a different tension than I did last year. Things are a little different than I thought they would be. And while I'm so grateful to be this little boy's mom, I'm not his only mom. He has another mom that I'm sure is grieving today. And while I get to experience the joy of motherhood this year, I've had to wrestle with the fact that it has come at the loss and cost of someone else. I believe that God worked within our story to bring about redemption. But I do not believe that God brought Judah in this world just so he could be with me. He's not for me. He was for another mom. I am not his first, I'm his second. And the weight of this responsibility weighs heavy on me daily. I'm continually reminded that I have a responsibility to the Lord and to his first mama to raise him up in a way that honors the both of them. The love that I have for this woman is indescribable. And it's not just because she chose me to parent her son. It's so much deeper than that. And we both have the same love for the same little boy, and no one can take that away from us. Adoption is complex and complicated. Sure, there's beautiful things about it. But to just classify adoption as beautiful is doing a major disservice to adoptees and first families. Judah's life with us is not better. It's just going to look different. Through adoption, God has helped to open up my heart and my eyes. He's expanded my empathy and understanding. It's been an incredible gift and responsibility, and I'm grateful that God and Judah's first mom chose me to mother our son. I know I'm biased, but he is one of the most amazing little boys I have ever come across. He loves to snuggle and talk. 
Um, in fact, so much so the last week we've had a slight sleep regression, and he wakes up at 2.30 in the middle of the night just talking and laughing and playing with his feet. So he's such a joyful little baby. He willingly gives out smiles to anyone who interacts with him. He lights up a room, and he just melts my heart. <laughs> And I would have waited 10 times as long if it meant I got to be with him. And so today, my charge to all the mothers, as I'm doing to myself as well, is that as we celebrate today, let's also spend some time reflecting. Let's not miss our opportunity to raise up our children in a way that honors the Lord. Look, every single day is an invitation to steward one of God's greatest gifts to us, whether that's waking up in the middle of the night to a baby who's playing with his feet, <laughs> pouring your five-year-old a bowl of cereal, running your kids around from activity to activity, or just being a phone call away. Know that every interaction that we get with our children is an opportunity to love them as God loves us. And I would invite you to spend time reflecting on how God has moved within your own motherhood journey. How has God been faithful to you? Pray that God would help you to steward your children in a way that honors him. And above all else, spend time thanking him for the opportunity. Let's not take any moments for granted. And lastly, I want to say thank you to you all for allowing me to share my journey. And for journeying with us over the last four years. It's meant the world. And I think that's what the, the church is supposed to be, is that community, that support. And you were all that for us within our time. And so words will never be able to say thank you enough. So thank you for allowing me to share my story, for journeying along with us, and for loving our little boy now. It's a great honor and privilege. So would you stand with us as I pray for us? God, I come to you this morning just so overwhelmed with gratitude for the ways in which you've worked within my life. For being a God of impossibles. For showing up over and over again, even when I'm unfaithful. God, I thank you for the opportunity that is motherhood. And I pray that you would help all of us as mothers to be able to do justice at taking care of these precious, precious children. Lord, we give you all the honor and glory this morning. Thank you for being a faithful God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Let the King of my heart be the man.
Let the King of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the ransom for my life. Oh, He is my song, and you are good, you're good.
four years ago, I remember leading that song um, up when we were upstairs. And I remember breaking down and getting really emotional because at this point it had been about seven months of us trying to get pregnant. Hi. <laughs> and as I was singing the lyrics, I didn't want to because it didn't feel like God was good. It was so hard for me to say those words. But he still was, and so I sang them anyway. And so now, as I put Judah to sleep, I sing those words over him because he is good. And so I pray that today we can all celebrate God's goodness and faithfulness. Thanks for being with us this morning. Happy Mother's Day. Hope to see you next week.